This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 155, submission number 046, Canine and Company. Canine and Company was an unsold pilot that aired on BBC One on December 28th, 1981. And we're doing it live, folks. We're doing it live! Come on! We'll do it live! Yeah, here we go. Here's the epic opening title sequence from Canine and Company, everybody. shots of okay all right one thing we've learned from the opening is you can never have too much sarah jade smith b-roll no and they show a lot of canine in the opening too uh yes because canine is after all a girl's best friend but it's funny because in the whole of doctor who the classic run not the current run that's been on the air since 2005 they have never shown Sarah Jane and K-9 together. Yeah, because they were the two most popular companions of the Fourth Doctor's era. But Sarah Jane Smith, of course, was a holdover from the John Pertwee era, because she appeared first in his last season, mm-hmm. came aboard in like his first Tom Baker's first two and a half seasons, and then you had Leela, and then soon after, you had K-9 join the show as a companion. And K-9 was so popular. K-9 was the real. Still is, by the way. Oh yeah, John Leeson's still doing K-9 today for Big Finish. And I believe also did a couple of episodes for the uh, current run, specifically School Reunion, which had K-9 and Sarah Jane in a Doctor Who episode for the first time. With uh, David Tennant. Yes, which, of course, is a direct sequel to what we're about to cover. But, oh, oh, yes. but, oh, this this opening. Oh, there's just... I. It, I it's very retro, but then again, so is K-9. So is K-9. But it seems like Sarah Jade Smith is the only one who actually grew up, let's say. Yeah. Because, yes, we all know that she's a genius and that... She likes to, A, start junk, B, get into junk, and C, get out of junk. Well, she is a journalist. She goes after the scoop. She does. She is all about the tea, let me tell you. And again, Elizabeth Sladen, 
as Sarah Jane Smith as good as ever. Like you said, Greg, one or two of the most popular companions of the Doctor. Again, rest in peace, Elizabeth Sladen. Oh, yeah. So how did Sarah Jane find K-9? That's an interesting question because, as we said, they never met each other on the show. Well, nobody told John Nathan Turner that. Of course, John Nathan Turner being the producer of Doctor Who at a time and had a real good mind for the franchise. And he really, I mean, he really wanted Sarah Jane back in the TARDIS. Oh, who can blame him? Yeah. But uh, she never did get back into the TARDIS until, of course, the uh, school reunion show. And, well, let's just say she never left. Yeah. Yeah, she would pretty much play that role up until her passing. Again, rest in peace, Elizabeth Sladen. John Nathan Turner wanted Elizabeth Sladen back on Doctor Who, but she did not really have an interest in returning to the role. Of course, her place in things went to Janet Fielding, who we all know as Tegan Javanka. Oh, yes. And Tegan, another legendary companion. Yes. Braveheart Tegan. I have to imagine that if Greg and I are going to do a Presents episode, it'll be the top 10 Doctor Who companions. It will definitely be the top and, 10. And, and what, we're getting close to the 60th anniversary of the franchise, aren't we? Uh, never two and a half years. Feels like yeah. just yesterday it was the 50th anniversary. I know. Well, well, remember, Doctor Who premiered the day that JFK died. No, day after. Well, yeah. Okay, the day after. Not that day after. But still, right in that f- yeah. area. So November 24th of, of uh, 2023 will be the 60th anniversary. Yeah, and uh, I imagine we're going to have to do like a top 20 companions. And just to appease to Mike, Bradley Walsh will make the list somehow. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, the, the, the thing is, I could probably guess like seven or eight of Greg's favorites. All right. Obviously, you know Amy Pond's going to be one. Oh, of oh course, obviously. Of course Amy Pond's going to be one. Okay. Captain, Captain Jack. Jack. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sarah yeah. Jane Smith. Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah, yeah. Ace. Sophie Aldrich. Oh, Ace, of course. Yeah. Of course, Ace was in the pinball game. Right. Mm-hmm. Which we'll cover in June in It Had a Pinball Machine. Yeah, damn right oh. we're going to talk about Doctor Who, the pinball machine. I could talk oh, about that yeah. all day. And Star Trek. And Star Trek. TNG, I should say. Oh, we, we could talk about many games. Yeah, well, Star Trek has four pinball games, so we'll definitely be talking about each one of them. Yep. That's for later. The, oh, wait. The number one has to be the Brigadier. Sorry. Oh, yeah. You know, he's not really a companion. He's kind of like... He's kind of like the Doctor's sort of bud. Although he's not real. Oh, you wouldn't say a bud, but he's kind of like his... What's his the word? Compa- his compagnier. Compagnier. Are we using classy words now? Yeah, Amy Pond is like number one on my list. So th- thank you for checking that off, Greg. Yeah. No problem. By the way, in case it wasn't clear, I really heart Karen Gillan. Anywho, John Nathan Turner wanted, because we're transitioning from Tom Baker to Peter Davison, to have Sarah Jane Smith be along from Legopolis 
to the second story of season 19. Which would be four to Doomsday. Yeah, that was like when I started watching when I was a little Chico. Oh yeah, that scene where the doctor is with like that helmet on and he's out in space, like on a spacewalk. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. But it didn't happen. And she had no qualms about it. So, But that didn't stop John Nathan Turner wanting to do something outside of Doctor Who proper series. And that would lead him to the Tin Dog. Because, again, he was really popular, but he was really hard to deal with. Yeah, because it's a robot. I mean, we talked about the chameleon on Doctor Who. Oh, no, God, we're going to talk about chameleon again. But, I mean, this was a full-size robot. But he is a a robot who's playing a robot who isn't a robot. That's right, he isn't a robot, but still. So, a pilot was commissioned by the BBC for K-9. But K-9 would still need a companion, because K-9 would be the lead and the companion would be the companion. And it wouldn't be like Doctor Who highbrow drama. It would be something along the lines of what we would see later on uh, the CBBC series, The Sarah Jane Adventures. We'll get into that later. So, John Nathan Turner, again, wanted, as the uh, human lead, Liz Slayton. And the pitch was, okay, this is not going to be like anything we've done with Doctor Who. At all. Yes, you would be Sarah Jane Smith, but you would not be playing against the Doctor. This would be your show. This would be your baby. Elizabeth Slayton said yes. And so we have Sarah Jane Smith, the intrepid reporter, and we have K-9, the tin dog. So what kind of antics do we put these two in? Hmm. Hmm. Well, well, they first have to get together, so... Yeah, well, they have to first meet. Yes. And that would happen at the uh, home of her Aunt Lavinia. Now, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, you know she frequently mentions her Aunt Lavinia, but we've never seen Aunt Lavinia. No, we've never saw her in any of the episodes she was in. Nope. She would be played by Mary Wimbush who was in such legendary shows like Poldark, Jeeves and Worcester, and The Archers until she she died in 2005. All the classics. All the classics, yes. I don't think she made any appearances on our side of the pond. No. 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 But she was in Jeeves and Worcester with Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie. Okay. So that's something. Yeah. So Aunt Lavinia left early for a lecture tour in America. Really? Hmm. Her ward, Brendan Richards, is still in the house, though. And Brendan Richards is played by Ian Sears, who doesn't really have a Wikipedia page. I don't think he's related to the to the Sears department. Chain. No, he's not. Okay. <laughs> and frankly, he's been no, he hasn't been in much of it. He hasn't been in much of anything, has he? No. Nope. This is one shining moment. 
no, wait, no. He's been he he played David in Yentl. Oh, okay. So that's his one shining moment. He was in a movie with Barbara Streisand. He also played Dean Martin in televised bio South of the Border. But like nine out of every ten British actors, he was on the bill. I don't know what that means. The bill that uh British cop drama. Oh. Y'all know what the bill is. Anyway. I've heard of it, yeah. So after picking up Brendan Richards, they return to Aunt Lavinia's house, and they find a large crate. And inside the large crate, it's K-9! And K-9 introduces himself as a gift from the doctor. Where are you from, K-9? From the doctor. From the doctor? Affirmative. Oh, you can't mean the doctor. My precise meaning, mistress, a gift to you. Oh, Doctor, you didn't forget. And we presume it's the fourth Doctor. Well, almost has to be, because A, look at his collar, and B, I, again, if you've seen the opening on YouTube before, you notice that his collar sort of has this nice little pattern that's reminiscent of the fourth Doctor. Yeah, and they did mention that he was dropped off in 1978 because the package was stuck in Sarah Jane's aunt's attic for years. Uh, yes. So we're left to assume that it is indeed the fourth Doctor. Because I don't think the fifth Doctor messed with K-9. No. Nope. Although I could see him being very debonair and saying, you know what, I haven't seen Sarah Jane in a while. You know what, I'll leave a present. Well... He'd do that, yeah. Yeah, he totally. Peter did. Davison's totally the type that would leave a nice present for somebody. Oh, he is so nice. But we could definitely eliminate any fact that possibly Colin Baker, the sixth doctor, left it. Screw oh, yeah. that guy. Thank you. Okay, that's all I wanted to hear. That, oh, come that's on. That's my contribution to this episode. Colin Baker what? sucks. Kiss my ass. Fool this man! No! 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 All right, so now Brendan is very curious about this tin dog, and to a lesser extent, so is Sarah Jane. Remember, Sarah Jane, K-9, have never been in the same room before. But still, she can't really get past the fact that her Aunt Lavinia is missing. So Sarah Jane, being this intrepid young reporter goes into town to question the locals about where Lavinia is. And Brendan is left to take care of the tin dog. So Sarah eventually discovers that Lavinia was actually disliked by some because of her blunt letters to the local newspaper editors about a growing practice of witchcraft in the area. I wish I was joking. Meanwhile, Brendan asks K-9 to analyze soil samples in the garden. And while he's doing that, he is attacked by a couple of ruffians, George Tracy and his son, Peter. George Tracy, played by Colin Jeevans, who is a retired British actor now. What's he known for playing? He played Uriah Heep in uh, the 1966 production of David Copperfield. Ooh. And he was, in like nine out of every ten British actors, he too was on Doctor Who. An underwater menace. 
Oh, yes, Underwater Menace, where it contains two of the earliest surviving Patrick Troughton episodes from his era of Doctor Who. Yes. And his son, Peter, played by Sean Chapman, who is known as... He played Frank Cotton in Hellraiser and Hellbound Hellraiser 2. By the way, Hellraiser, really good movie. But mostly he did theater work. Now, George and Tracy are tied to a local coven while we're on witches. George Tracy flees before Brendan can get a good look at him. K-9 uses his laser to stun Peter before setting off in pursuit of George. Brendan, because he wants answers too, talks to Peter about what's going on with these witches and where's Lavinia. Yeah, what's going on with all these witches in these parts? But Peter escapes when Brendan goes to investigate a crashing sound, which turns out to be the accidental destruction of a greenhouse by K-9. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you can't be destroying those greenhouses, K-9. Yeah, it, it gets worse. The guy he was chasing, George Tracy, he wants to know where Lavinia is, too. Oh. Because he's Lavinia's gardener. So now he's going to look around the greenhouse to see what sort of mess K9 made. And after Brendan attempts to brag about the pH balance of the soil, Tracy says, Hey, listen, gardening is more about respect for nature than scientific theory, okay? Which is totally something a witch would say, am I right? Yeah. Otherwise, he doesn't betray his more sinister intent towards Brendan, and later that night, he sends Peter out to kidnap Brendan from the house. Oh, no. Oh. This is where you would put Susan St. Jean saying, Uh-oh! 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 <laughs> We're gonna get so much mileage out of that club. Uh-oh! <laughs> yeah. Now, Brendan is successfully kidnapped by Peter, stealing him out from under Sarah, who is elsewhere in the house, reading up on witchcraft. You know, at times like this, you could just give the whole book to K-9 and he could pick it up with no problem in seconds. Am I right? Yeah. So, Brendan's kidnapped, Sarah Jane is reading up on witchcraft, and George is wondering... What on earth is going on here? Sarah Jane is now suspicious about the Tracys, thinking they would have the opportunity to commit any crime that they can think of, even if she can't put her finger on why. Hmm. So, what's a girl to do? Yeah, what is a girl like Sarah Jane Smith supposed to do? Hide the tin dog in his house. Well, that makes sense. Just hide this robotic metal dog. Just tell him it's a toy. Yeah, a toy. It's 1981. It's 1981. They were making robots out of everything. They get him in the house, have him sort of monitor things, and come back with any evidence. K-9 quietly does that, and then he listens in on a conversation that implicates Tracy as a member of the Coven. He also discovers Tracy intends to kill Brendan in an act of ritual murder. Oh no! Don't tell me they're gonna have a blood orgy! 
Something like that. Blood orgy! Yay! Blood orgy! Blood orgy! Yay! Tracy leaves his house. Sarah Jane's able to pick up K9, who... I have news, mistress! Tracy is going to kill Brendan! Now, she can't go to the police with all of this, because A, who's going to believe that George Tracy is a warlock? B, who's going to believe Sarah Jane has a super intelligent talking robot dog? And C, who's going to believe that anybody wants to kill Brendan? Anybody? Anybody want to believe any of this stuff? No, no one's going to believe this. No, nobody? No one's going to believe this at all. Oh, boy. Okay, so, of course, she's got to get down to the bottom of things herself. And I have the quote here from Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. She has no way to enlist the aid of the local police or really anyone else in the town because she can't substantiate her claim of overhearing the conversation without also then having to explain who and what the anachronistic canine actually is. Oh, yeah. She can't explain to the police. Oh, yeah, I was in a time machine with this guy in a long scarf. And he also eventually, after I left, had this robotic tin dog that was on his <laughs> spaceship that's bigger on the inside than the outside. And then he decided, I'm going to leave this dog as a present. Yeah, they're going to look at this girl and say, my child, you've been touched in the head. It's all true! Okay, so basically this pretty much puts Sarah Jane and K-9 on their own trying to save the day. Which, this is basically the uh, genesis of every great Doctor Who story. Okay, we cannot go to the authorities because we can't trust them or they're going to think we're crazy. Yeah. Or perhaps both. It's yeah. both. It's both. So, they have to save Brendan, stop the sacrifice, and find some way to implicate George and or Peter. Oh, yeah. And they still have to figure out the whole Aunt Lavinia thing. Yeah. Because we still haven't touched on that yet. First thing she does is try to figure out when it's happening. Using Aunt Lavinia's books on witchcraft, they deduce it must occur at midnight on the winter solstice. Now just a few short hours away. So, first day of winter at midnight. Which doesn't really make sense, at least from an astronomical standpoint, because, you know, this sort of thing, you, it reads to me, at least, that it has to happen just as the sun is Above its apex in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you Neil deGrasse Tyson had major problems with this episode. I think so. So they just wrote, hey, you know what? Let's just make it midnight. It's easy to understand. Yeah. Simple. Everyone knows what midnight is. But, okay, they figured out when. Now they have to figure out where. So they're basically looking at every church within a radius. At the last possible moment, they find... Wait a minute. It's an abandoned church on Lavinia's property. Oh! 
It's, it's, it's literally in the last place they look. The last possible place they would have expected. So they rush home, basically kicking themselves, thinking, how can we miss it? It's been under our noses this whole time. And they arrive just in time in order for K-9 to dispense laser justice. Laser justice. He's shooting red lines out of his nose. Hey, those are powerful random lines, man. Pant powerful random lines that look crudely optically put in. It's the BBC in 1981. What do you want? Yeah. I mean, this isn't Space 1999 where it's like an uninterrupted laser effect and then uh, you stop camera for like five seconds and then fall over, right? Yeah. The priests and priestess were stopped from plunging a knife into Brendan's chest and now that they're stunned, the ringleaders are easily apprehended by the police who I'm pretty sure got a good look at that robot dog and thought, well, that's a nice toy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a nice robotic toy for 1981. So we're all left to celebrate the holidays, because, again, this would be three days after Christmas, and, of course, anyone who knows Doctor Who knows that Doctor Who takes its Christmases very Seriously. And who does Sarah Jane get a call from? Her Aunt Lavinia. Oh! As it would turn out, is actually on a lecture tour in America. Oh, okay. So she actually was in a lecture tour in America. She wasn't kidnapped or anything. No. Oh, good. But she was surprised that Sarah Jane was worried because she left instructions for her business partner to send Sarah Jane a wire. And as he turns out to be the high priest of the coven, Sarah Jane never got it. Oh. Makes sense now, doesn't it? Everything's all connected. Now this everything has come together. It all makes so much sense. Yep, and the episode ends with K-9 teaching himself to sing, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. You wish we a merry, no, reject. We wish you a merry Christmas. We wish you a merry Christmas and a happy new year. And that is the story of K-9 and Company, which is actually a very solid bit of storytelling. You have a bunch of characters. You have intrigue, everything coming together at the end. So that leads me to ask, what went wrong? Because it had every sort of hallmark of a new hit for the BBC. It had more viewers than a standard Doctor Who episode, for one. And it had some solid storytelling, and it had very likable characters. Yes. So what went wrong? Well... This is pretty much a case of reality writing the script. Because this was at a time when the BBC was exchanging hands. Uh, Bill Cotton, who was the previous controller of the BBC, had commissioned the pilot. But since it had aired, Alan Hart was the new commissioner. And he basically 
didn't like the idea to begin with. Yeah, this is in the days before the BBC treated Doctor Who like one of the prestige shows at the BBC. Yeah, right now the BBC has three super brands that they pretty much devote their entire uh, programming, well, a great majority of their programming budget around. Those, of course, being Doctor Who, Strictly, and Top Gear. Of course, you know, Strictly airing in the U.S. as Dancing with the Stars. But, yeah, I guess in 1981, Alan Hart just didn't see a place... In the canon for Canine and Company, even though the people behind Doctor Who would uh, treat this pilot as a canon. Yes. In fact, in the 20th anniversary special of The Five Doctors, when we first see Sarah Jane Smith, she's with K9 at the start of The Five Doctors. Mistress, do not go out. Christmas. Danger, mistress. What? I can sense danger, mistress. Telepathic trace, faint, but rapidly increasing in strength. Do not go out. What kind of danger? Positive data, not yet available. Well, I can't stay home. You have to give me a reason. Negative, mistress. Data analysis shows too many variables. Danger readings now becoming much higher, mistress. Suggestion. Take me with you. can't. Honestly, I can't. The car's in docks. I've got to go by bus. There is danger, mistress. My sensors indicate it is now extreme. And the doctor is involved. Well, now I know you're imagining things. See you later. Danger. Doctor. Danger. Mistress. Yep, and again, if you were not one of the people who watched the pilot, you would totally misunderstand that until you asked somebody who saw the pilot. Of course, nobody would have gotten that those scenes with Tom Baker and Leo Ward were from Shada. Right. Unless you were, like, really smart and you knew there was, like, a Doctor Who serial in, like, 1979-1980 that was never completed. Pretty much. And of course, the whole story with Sarah Jane was continued, and as we said before, in the second season episode from 2006, School Reunion, where Sarah Jane and K-9 were helping the Doctor and his companions at the time, Mickey and Rose. Well, let's just say that Sarah Jane was helping the Doctor and Rose. And K-9 was helping Mickey, because let's be honest, at this point, Mickey needs all the help he can get. Oh, yeah. Mickey is like, he doesn't know where his place is at this point in the show. I'm the Tin Dog. And that episode was actually sort of a backdoor pilot of sorts, because K-9 would have sacrificed himself. And at the end of the episode, he would be replaced by K-9 Mark IV. Yes. And they would go on to uh, feature in the more successful spinoff, The Sarah Jane Adventures. Yes. But of course, K-9 was mostly absent from most of the series because he had that other show in Australia, right? 
He had another show in Australia. What was that? Yeah, he had a he had his own show, Canine in Australia. It was like Canine Adventures or something. Hmm. You did not know this. I was today years old when I, I learned Canine Adventures. Canine is a British Australian science fiction adventures focusing on the adventures of the robot dog Canine. A single series was made in Brisbane, Australia with co-production funding from Australia and the United Kingdom. It aired in 2009 and 2010 on Network 10 in Australia and on Disney XD in the UK, as well as being broadcast on other Disney XD channels in Europe. <laughs> I love the tagline, Who's a good dog? <laughs> and it did manage to air in the US on Sci-Fi from Christmas 2012. And it looks like John Leeson would reprise his role as the voice of the Tin Dog. Yes. Who looks very... That, that's, a, that, that's a different sort of dog than... Yeah. Than they, yeah. They wanted to have, probably have him differentiate from the previous K-9s. Because yeah. it's not a BBC production, so... No, it's not a BBC production, but sort of, kind of... It's kind of like, remember when, when we saw the clips of The Stranger? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is basically Doctor Who, but not. Yeah. They basically... They, okay. Alright, you know, you're right, this was not a, a BBC production, because Do Doctor Who ultimately is owned by the BBC. But this is the original one. This is the original K9. This is the original K9 right here, K9 and Company. But wait a minute. Uh, I, I like this line. Again, this is from Wikipedia. The decision to launch the show in Australia on April 3rd, the launch date for Doctor Who's The 11th Hour, which introduced Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, was interpreted by the Gawker Media blog IO9 as a way of taking advantage of the latter show's popularity to boost interest in the show. This show only lasted one season. Oops. Whereas Matt Smith lasted a good four. But yeah, that's another story for another episode. But Canine and Company, as solid as it was in Christmas of 81, it was just a thing on TV. Yeah. Well, guys, Canine and Company, it was a thing on TV. Yeah. Mike, unfortunately, you couldn't get past the opening, but you missed out on something really fun. I can believe it. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're going to have some fun right now, because get ready, guys. It's time to play eBay Price is Right! Woo! Yay! So you are bidding on a print. It is an Elizabeth Slayton K9, the Sarah Jane Adventures Doctor Who print. And I don't know if this is custom made or custom drawn, or if it's like an actual like drawing that was sold, but it, lo it looks pretty sweet. Okay. Yeah, so you have Sarah Jane, you have K9, 
In the background, you have the third doctor, the fourth doctor, the tenth doctor, which were all the doctors that Sarah Jane Smith encountered. So you have, of course, John Pertwee, Tom Baker, and David Tennant in the print. By the way, since this episode's being released on our Podbean feed the day after it happened, happy belated 50th birthday to David Tennant. So, you are bidding on the opening bid of the print. Now, there's two days and one hour left in this auction at the time we're recording this, so you're bidding on the opening bid for this item, and I'm going to start with Mike. May I ask a question? Yes. Are there currently any bids? No bids. That's why I said starting bid. Okay, it has to be outrageously high then. Um, I'll, and I see it's autographed, if, if that means anything. I'll say seventy nine ninety five. Seventy nine ninety five, Chico. Hmm. I was gonna go higher than that. Maybe a hundred twenty nine ninety five. Okay. All right. Here we go, guys. The starting bid on the Elizabeth Slayton K nine Sarah Jane Ventures print. One hundred dollars. Wow. It's nice. It's a really good looking print. It really is. It really is. We could hang it in our museum. We could hang it in the museum, right? Like right next to the autographed photo of Peter Marshall hosting All Star Blitz. You could put it right there, or you could just put it right in the background with the Superman balloon from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Okay, I will say this, though. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen John Pertwee quite like that but also maybe it's just me but d- does uh t- john pertwee and or tom baker look drunk maybe Th- they don't look right or at least uh one of them doesn't look right <laughs> and-, and david Tennant's looking at uh, like breaking the fourth wall saying i'm sorry I- i'm sorry i brought these drunk doctors along with me i'm so sorry but you know what's worth more than all of the tin dogs and all of the planets and all of the universe? Oh, I know. It was a thing on TV.com. Oh, bless you, Greg. You've been paying attention. Yeah. Yep, we have all the uh, previous episodes, all the previous installments, all of the minisodes, links to our social media, and of course, links to our good friends at placetobenation.com. Because right now we have TKO. And SOS Titanic. Speaking of really big cruise ships. Oh, yeah. Speaking of really big cruise ships that sink after hitting an iceberg. Oh, guys, you're not going to believe this. I didn't mention this last week. But, hey, David Warner, you know one thing I forgot to mention he was in? What's that? He was in Twin Peaks. Really? Yes. Nice. Well, before we go, I just have to get this off my chest. Yeah. Because it is time once again for It Was a Thing on TV Haiku Corner. K9 in the case. Sarah Jane's old adventure. Now who's a good boy? Well, 
That was beautiful. And you know what else is going to be beautiful? What's that? Or next episode. Oh, yes. We're going to take a little break from Pilot Month because we are knee-deep in award season now. But of course, because this is our show, it's not going to be the Oscars we're talking about or the Grammys or the People's Choice Awards. Not even the Kids' Choice Awards. No. Not, not even, even the MTV Movie and TV Awards. How about the Razzies? Not the Razzies. Oh, geez. And it's not even the ESPYs. Which wouldn't exist if ESPN didn't need something to broadcast. Yeah, it's about as legitimate as the Montgomery Burns Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. And now wait a second. ESPN actually airs that on a specific day for a good reason. It's the only day in the year, technically, that none of the big four sports play a game. And that's exactly exactly why that day sucks. I'm, I'm just filling you in on that. But anywho... Yep, we're taking a rocket to Saturn on our next installment of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, everyone. Wow! Colin Baker was the Tony Shalhoub of Doctor Who. He made that show. Did he make that show? Did that show make him... What about Colin both? Baker was the Tony Shalhoub of Doctor Who? <laughs> Are you friggin' high? <laughs>